Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. The title of my short exhortation is Before You Make It a Date. My reading this morning is taken from Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you for being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. A number of things in that scripture. The Bible talks about you've rejected me because you've rejected knowledge. What we are dealing with this morning is empowering us with knowledge. And when he says, I reject you as priest, some of us might think, well, I didn't plan to be a pastor or anything. You're, you're a priest unto God. And then it doesn't stop with you. He said, even I reject your children. I will also forget your children. In other words, the fruit of whatever it is you're bringing forth. And we told ourselves a couple of weeks ago, we started this series on relationship. And we have talked so much on it. If you have missed some part of it, please get the previous teachings, the last three Sundays particularly. We told ourselves that God wants us to be in healthy relationships. How many of us love that? To be in healthy relationships, whether it's marriage relationship, whether it's business relationship, it's God's plan that you should be in healthy relationship. But when it comes to marriage, if somebody says, well, you know what? It's not my plan to be married. I don't intend to be married. That's great. But why? I don't want to be married because I want to serve the Lord. I want to focus my time on God, that's right. That's in the Bible. As long as your reason is not to engage yourself in some ungodly coupling. You can't say, I don't want to get married, but I will do it my own way. I'll do whatever I want to do. That's not allowed. Because it's important to know why you are not doing what um, we're talking about. So, uh, But if you decide to be married, praise the Lord. There is a plan that God has in way. There is a process for that to be achieved in a good way. Now, getting married, it involves making the most important decision of your life. The most important decision of your life besides getting saved. Getting saved is most important. But getting married is different from, well, I'm going to buy a house. I know what it is when you want to buy a house. You put all your efforts into it. You are saving every time. You see every sign for sale. You're looking at the house. Buying a house, buying a car, buying anything else. It's different from getting married. Any of those things, you can return them, put them back on the market if you didn't like it. And you'll be sure somebody will come along and buy what you didn't want. But getting married and getting married wrongly, is slightly, not even slightly, it's majorly different. It's not because you can't put it back in the market. <laughs> but it will come with heavy consequences. And you come with a lot of God, why? God, why me? God, why, why not? And that's why God is saying, do not reject knowledge. Because if you do, I would also reject you. There will be a price to pay at the end of that. I pray that you will not choose wrongly. Amen. It is important for you to know you are better off being single than getting married anyhow and living, sentencing yourself to a lifetime of pain. There are many marriages that are great, and I thank God for when God blesses you with that. But there are many people that are divorced and they are still together. They are saying we're just staying on because of the children, because of whatever. I pray that will not be your story. 
we told ourselves that it's important because this marriage is important. It involves finding. So God said to us, whoever finds a wife, he does what? Finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Proverbs 18, 12. He says to us, he findeth a wife. So which means it's not, it's not available just to be picked up like that. There is effort involved, and that part of the effort is what we are having today. Now, somebody might say, oh, come on. I'm not a child. I didn't come to church to hear things like this. But you'd find out that in the society we live in, everything is being thrown at us in teaching us, guiding us, almost compelling us how to make relationships. Some are coming through different means, which I will talk about later on. The first thing which we told ourselves is important, which I will repeat in every session, is before we proceed, it's important to be whole. It's important to be single. It's important to be whole in yourself. Singleness is a thing you don't grow out of. I am still single. And that's not my marital status. Singleness is different from singlehood. You get married, that's different. But singleness is you, who you are, who you have become, or who you are becoming. It's about the wholeness of a man. You don't lose your wholeness because you are married. And this one is important. If you understand who God has made you to be, marriage should not take it out of you. Dating leads to engagement. From engagement to marriage itself, then marriage, you know, most of the time includes the children. Marriage is almost like a project. But it shouldn't just be a project. A project is what you start and stop. But marriage is part of the life when you get involved into it. Many people stop, they take marriage like a project. So all the money goes into the wedding day. Everything goes into getting married. And after marriage, almost like their life stops. Your life does not stop because you got married. Your service to God doesn't stop because you got married. Your relationships don't stop because you get married. I'm talking about godly ones. But watch this. Many people, because they got married, then they stop. They stop loving each other. They stop chasing each other. They stop, you know, admiring each other. Because now children have set in sometimes and the children become the focus. What you got to understand is the time comes that the children will grow up, leave the home, but the person you have ignored now become a stranger. Who are you? And that is a challenge in many marriages. So the marriage becomes a boring thing. And people say, we grew apart. So marriages after 20-something years now, they now say, you know what, we are going our separate, separate ways. Can you imagine life, an investment that has been wasted? May that not be your story. Amen. This is, again, one of the reasons why we are teaching this subject. Within the marriage, and after you got married, you should still be dating each other. And guess what? I took my wife on a number of dates this last week. But the best of them was yesterday. We went to this 16 aqua spa place. Let me see the picture. <laughs> 16. After sauna, you go and bath. You go back into another one. 16. I must have bathed about 20 times yesterday. That's not a joke. You see, in Genesis 2, when God instituted marriage, God told Adam, well, Adam got up and he found Eve. He didn't have to search. He didn't have to date. There was no question about Adam fasting and praying and deciding who among these people. There was no courtship. And so I went and I searched the scriptures and I found out, actually, friends, that there are no clear guidelines in the Bible about dating or about courtship. As a matter of fact, there was no dating in the Bible. 
And I could almost hear people thinking, wow, it was not dated in the Bible. Uh-huh. Mommy, did you hear? You are not going to do such a thing. Because even though the Bible didn't say nothing about courtship or, or, or dating, there is enough said in the Bible about relationship. As a matter of fact, is they still got married. So how did they do it in the Bible days? Because not even the Bible days, what is God's counsel for us? It's still the same way because the word of God does not change. Amen. The guidelines was through families. Strong family roles. The house of God is a family. Amen. And then natural family is the family. You discover that family is still the bedrock of strong relationships in the society. You cannot assume that you are so modernized now, you don't need families. Family is important. It was back then, it's still today. Amen. Family sharpens us. Family sharpens our relationships. That's why God said that for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and they shall both uh, joined together with his wife. So they shall both become one flesh. Now you know what we're saying about that. So you find out that God expects family to be involved in that process. Somebody might question, why is it still important? We are living in a time that even governments are telling us that we have to teach our four-year-olds about sex, right? We have to teach them about sex. We have to tell them about relationships, different types of families. So if that is allowed for four to six years old. Imagine, they are not telling us how we're going to handle the damaged emotions and lives that comes out of result of something that they are not yet prepared for. Another thing that has made this subject quite important is we are also in a time there is uh, earlier puberty. Children are getting more matured than the time that their parents did. And they are exposed to things that their parents were not exposed to at their age. So you find out that even though they are exposed to that, averagely, people are still getting hooked and settling down, usually in their mid-30s. So a child who has been exposed to feelings and adult stuff from their early teens, right? To that time, you have a period of nearly about 25-something years of dealing with a wide range of relationships and feelings. So what do you do with that time that's where the church of God should come in. That's where right teachings should take place. So people understand how to handle themselves. So that we will not have taken wrong decisions at a time that it will now affect our future. When we need to settle down. Do you get my point now? Another important thing, why this is important, it seems unfair to those who are unmarried. Because there are no clear rules. The rules about courtship, because it's not in the Bible like I said. Courtship or dating. They're quite blood. And this is the reason why you see some churches, they've got rules. Some churches come up with policies. I remember early days, even in this ministry, I used to tell people when they are dating, I'm not going to tell you when, at what time of the day you should leave the house. If you know Christ, you should know what time is not, it's ungodly hour. And but you go to some ministries that are rules. Men sit over here. Women sit over there. Men look this way. Women don't look that way. All they are trying to achieve is trying to put in place what they have not seen as clear cut in the Bible. But they just know people should live holy. So they are trying to help the young people or the unmarried people generally because you might, married doesn't mean you are young, you are widowed. There are also senior singles. And they are just trying to help people who are unmarried how to get it right. But there is a way to get it right. Let us know God. Amen. And that's what we are trying to achieve this morning. You know, another thing that's actually made this subject very important is the songs we sing. 
We are all people who love songs, and songs are powerful. Uh, whether they're bad songs or not, they get impressed in our hearts. And um, it depends on what the song is saying. They begin to leave thoughts in you. Sometimes songs begin to develop feelings in you. You're singing a song, and you just follow that your mind raised back to when you first knew the song. Those people in the front agree with me. <laughs> you know, many songs that we cherish has locked us into relationships that we play with in our mind. And whatever you are playing with in your mind is as relevant, as important as the date you are doing in your present. Either the date you are in or the date you are not in. I remember many years ago, an artist which I really liked, Whitney Houston. But before I knew her, somebody sang a song. I wanted to think about this song, what it does to you. Because you think it's a song, it was Dolly Parton that sang it in my days. Whenever I heard that song, I didn't understand why it left with some feelings. But it always took me back to my ex. Especially if you finish a relationship not in a bad way or something. And that song kept on making me think I would always love. It's almost like I owed you. And you keep on playing that song. You just need to be in a car by yourself singing the song. I would always love you. And you're thinking you're loving what? Who are you loving? So many people are stuck to past relationships. Many people are romancing a ghost. A ghost could be two things. Either they have actually passed on. And they are unable to go on a date. They are unable because nobody will ever be like that person. And they might be right to some extent. But the painful truth is somebody who is gone, he's gone. You need to move on. You need to be able to go on a date and don't think you are sitting in front of somebody who has moved on. It's a painful truth. Somebody, it's not because the person died. It's because the person they used to love has gone on to get married. And they know that. So they don't sing my old song. They sing this new song. I want you to think about the lyrics of this song. The lady said, I heard you settled down. Not that she didn't know. You found a girl you are married to now. I heard that your dreams came true. So, friend, if you heard, what are you still looking for? <laughs> I guess she gave you things I didn't give to you. Now, she wants you to feel guilty. Old friend, why are you shy? Why are you not picking my course? It's not like you to hold back or hide from the light. I hate to turn out of the blue uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you would see my face and you'd be reminded how you used to hold me. By the time this is happening to you, you are like, you are telling your husband or your wife now, babe, I need to go to the shops. <laughs> you are romancing the dead. You are trying to distort something else that has started in another life. As long as you keep on holding to these feelings, anything new that God wants to do can't be done. Now, it doesn't mean you won't find somebody, but it doesn't have to be somebody like you. Right? Someone like you is a problem. Because you don't need someone like you. You just need someone who God has prepared for you. And many people want someone like you. They want to, they want to carry a picture of the first love or whatever the thing they had. And they don't understand that there is more in God than they have ever seen. Dating and cautious friends, they are genuine man-made process for people to find out 
about compatibility. When we talk about dating, it's a process that is good for us to find out whether we're compatible. So somebody might ask, well, Pastor, since it's not in the Bible, is it wrong to date? No, it's not. Actually, if it is done right, it's the best part of a marriage that will be very strong because you are discovering new things. You are discovering something great about each other every time you come together. Anything that is built around God cannot be wrong. If you build your relationship, build your dating around God, it cannot be wrong. So let's press into this. Dating, friends, the purpose of dating, like I said, is evaluation. We want to evaluate. Dating is a process, it's not a status. It's a process, it's not a status. There is no joy in you saying, you know, um, you know Lucy and I have been dating for seven years now. There is no joy in your long dating. Hello? Some folks have dated for a long time and they see went apart just last week. Dated for seven years. Your long dating does not make you cool. If anything, it shows you have problems. How long do you think it takes to evaluate? When you stay long, all kinds of suggestions, all kinds of things begin to happen. When you stay long dating, my friends, you begin to break each other's feelings. You begin to lead to serious problems. When you initiate a date, it's not an automatic commitment. It's not an automatic commitment. You don't assume because he took me out on a date or we went on a date. Then it means there is a yes. Or it means I should now bring out my budget. The challenge with modern day relationship is that it's always too much around dating. It's too much drama. We are phoning friends. We are telling everybody. We are flashing things that don't exist. When you have already hyped yourself up to that point, if something does not happen, it now becomes a slap. Or even if it doesn't become a slap, it becomes a problem. You can't see each other anymore in church. You are now skipping fellowships. Another thing that makes the drama really worse is everybody who loves you already expect a particular age, expect you to be in a relationship that is expectation. But it's worse from many of us who don't even allow the dating to have its growth. So the moment we see a man and a woman together, we are like, what's happening? Yeah. There are people who are nosy. I saw that it was Jama that drove you out of church today. Is it happening? You just saw them in the car. So the pressure we put on unmarried people even makes it difficult for them to relate. We need to allow people the free space. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 to 20, it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. There are guidelines I want to just share with us. Guidelines from God's word. Guidelines to dating. Number one, be ready. Readiness. Be ready. You're not ready if you are still carrying on the image of someone like you. You are still looking for that person. You're looking for the image of someone who's loved you. You know the danger is every time you meet somebody new, and they say something that you don't like, particularly if you have an image of someone who's treated you badly. Your reaction will not match what they did to you. You will react in a way and they wonder, hey, excuse me, what did I just say? But you're not reacting to them, you are reacting to a, a mental issue. It's a bank in there which you've carried with you. Another thing is, if you are not yet ready and you meet somebody who does not have intention, but just want to know you, because you have carried the image of someone like you, you're already taking their step five steps ahead of them. So it could be negative either way. 
You need to be ready before you go on a date. You need to be emotionally whole. You need to be free. You need to have forgiven yourself or whatever you are into, whatever you did in the past, and just know you are a new man. Amen? This is extremely important. Dating that is done before its time will crush your spirit. Dating that is done before its time, particularly if it does not turn out well, will make you not to be able to handle the disappointments of the date. I told us last week, if somebody chooses to relate to you or to hook up with you, it is to their benefit because you are not set. But if they leave you, advise them otherwise, don't do that. If you leave me, you won't find someone like me. <laughs> but if you do, may the Lord be with you. And that's why you should learn to sing Beyonce's song. What, what is about this song? Blame chosen on this one, I don't know. I've never heard Beyonce's song. <laughs> so I had to ask her, what is your generation singing when they're breaking your heart? <laughs> but what is so wonderful about this song particularly is she's not slapping the guy's face. She still feels, go, I'm cool. So there are times you have to say to the left, everything of yours, put it in the box on the left. <laughs> Number two principle that you need to date, be prayerful. Be prayerful. Prayerfulness is important. After your wholeness, be prayerful. Of course, this even go hand to hand anyway. But even when the moment comes, be prayerful. Commit your relationships to God. It's very important. Always know that God has to be in the center of anything you do. Do not approach your dating with anxiety. Be prayerful. Oh, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Listen to me. There's no particular way I'm going to have to guide you on how you're going to need to pray this prayer. You just pray as you talk to God. Do you understand this now? You talk to God. That's the prayer. Lord, I, I'm not really, I don't know how to, I don't know how to pray like Brad Jerry, but this lady or the gentleman that's on my heart, I need you to show me a sign, guide me. Speak to my heart. Lead me, Lord. This is a very important decision. I don't want to get it wrong. My heart is open. So help me. Talk to me through people that I that know better than me. And help me through. So, so that I won't go ahead of myself. Thank you, Jesus. You see, you must understand that God can relate to everybody at every level. So there's nothing like, I didn't pray because I don't know how to pray. If you know how to act for anything, you know how to pray. So, commit your desires, commit your relationships, commit your, your feelings to God. Why this is also very crucial is, you see, when you pray, you are ready for God, whatever the outcome will be. In Genesis 24, Abraham called his servant and asked him that I wanted to go to my father's house to go and get a wife for my son. And he said to him, whatever you do, don't take my son back there. He said, but my dear friend, God will lead you to provide a wife for my son. Then the guy asked a very crucial question, which is what I want to say to you. He said, what if the lady doesn't want to come? There are times in your relationship that the lady or the gentleman does not want to come. But if you have committed it to the Lord... He said, then you are free. 
Do you understand now? That's what I want you to see. That is a relationship that is not with anxiety. It's not a do or die thing. Times people have asked me, Pastor, is it only the man who should propose the date? Listen to me. I know yes or no answer to that. Because in the Bible, a lady proposed a date. Ruth did. It was Ruth who went to Boaz. But if a lady proposed a date to you, you don't go on Instagram and say, Hi guys, I told you. <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All the babes are lining up. You don't do that. There was nothing Boaz did that showed us that Boaz was making a fool or bragging about Ruth. He actually covered her. Let no one know you were here. Now, if a guy is showing you off and you're just dating, you should know that's a lifetime of messing up. You're just signing up to. Because in your marriage, there will be very many, many moments that the wife will save you. Moses would have died if the wife, who was not so spiritual, had stepped in. She stepped in and quickly circumcised their son. And the Lord averted the death. So, there are times... But if you are going to propose a date, do it in a, in a very nice way as a lady too. And another thing I want to say is, guys, if you're going to propose a date to a lady, don't send them a text. Pastor, what do you mean? Because go if you are bold enough. Go to them. Man up. Because if you can't man up just to go on a date, my friend, forget it. I mean, you were with her all afternoon in church, and then you got to me and said, you know, I was thinking, about, can, we go, can you go out with me? All right. Are you see here? Yes, sir. Number three, guideline. Be intentional about your dates. Be intentional. Be very clear about what you go out for. If you cannot see yourself ending up with this person, don't fish in that water. And I know that this generation... There are a lot of things that have messed up your thinking. You know, I'm of this generation, so don't think it's us versus them. It's not only music. It's not only the things I mentioned. Movies have messed up the thinking of this generation. Because you have movies that are telling people, oh, this is the way to relate in today's life. So many people just feel dating doesn't matter. You date anybody, you sleep around, you sleep anybody, no strings attached. Too many strings are attached. Certain strings, once they are messed up, they are messed up. And every string you are cutting around with people, it's all staying in your brain. That's a fact. Oh, it doesn't matter. You will find out it matters. And what is dangerous is when it now matters, you cannot unwind time. So date with intention. Make up your mind that the purpose of my going out is just to explore if this can happen. It is not that I'm going out because it's going to happen. This is crucial. Some of you will need to cancel some dates or some of you will need to make some dates. Because the purpose of this teaching is to encourage you to have the healthy dates. We are talking about being intentional. Be clear about your dates. If you're having a date with somebody, just a date, you're just going out, you have not yet gone so deep into knowing each other or having commitment for each other, but you begin to suggest things to them almost like you own them. You are singing this kind of song. You belong to me. And she's like, hey, I'm not sure. 
who you are singing to. He just went out with this dude. And only two of you are there. You are saying, oh, you are just singing a song. You are not just singing a song. You are implying something to them. If you are not intentional, we're just trying to find out each other. Okay, which takes me to the fourth point. Set proper boundaries. In dating, set proper boundaries. The boundaries are not set by, hey, before we go out, here is my list of boundaries. You're not doing that. But it's by the way you comport yourself. By the way you carry your, yourself, you're setting boundaries. So this kind of song, for example, you are crossing a boundary when we have not even got there. Because you are trying to lay hold of something that is not yet yours. Set boundaries. You're not setting a good boundary if we're going on a date and ladies, you dress in a way that is suggesting, Tiger, come get me. Everything is shooting out. The guy, watch this. The guy won't say, the guy will say, my, you look really great this evening. You look great. The guy will want to open the door and he's opening the tire. Are you getting <laughs> His head is somewhere else. This is the thing. I don't get it. And then the ladies are saying, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? No. You are expecting him not to look at what he's looking at. Men are wired to look. He can't see anything else. He cannot. That if he cannot see anything else. All he's thinking is... Oh. This sister doesn't dress like this on Sunday. <laughs> the guy now behaved himself throughout the whole evening because pastor said, said boundaries. So he's brought you home now. He now wants, you are hoping that a peck is what he's going to do. He's hoping for that hug. And then he goes for a grab. He goes, hey, what's wrong with him? No, nothing is wrong with him. You invited that. And then also, guys, because somebody went on a date with us, today does not make us to have automatic access into their life. You are now calling them at 1 a.m. Calling them at sending a text. Are you sleeping? It's only 2 a.m. What else should they be doing? <laughs> if she has not said, we can do this tomorrow, don't turn up on their doorstep. Don't just assume, hello, it's me you're looking for. Don't do that. At least agree. Is it okay to call you tomorrow? Is it okay? Because you have their number now doesn't make you to use it as your number. Changing your profile picture now. Excuse me. Many people have wasted a relationship that would have been it. Because they dated the wrong time and they carried out immaturity into their dates. It's not because the person you dated was posing or playing hard to get. It's because you brought immaturity into the things you were doing. So they just say, you know what? I don't think he is the one. I don't think she is the one. Listen, God's favor will bring you there. But wisdom must carry you through. It's so painful for us sometimes when we see after we've been praying. And then we see certain things that are burdened, burdened, burdened. And then we see just scattered. So what happened there? What happened there? Because it's not that God doesn't have plans for everybody. Neither am I asking you because of a pastor says it's a date. You just dress like a nun. No. 
I mean, I talked about date in marriage. You still continue to date and chase each other. You continue to make yourself look appealing, smell good. Don't say it's only my husband. It doesn't matter. It's only my wife. No. Look good, smell good, carry yourself well. Before some misroad somebody out there, begin to smell good to them. And then they are remembering someone like you. So here, when you draw the boundaries, when you put the boundaries in place, it's not a time that you are thinking of how much you make. It, you are, it's not an interview. Whatever you need to find about each other, you will find it over time just by casual talking. Amen. Amen. And in setting boundaries, friends, sex complicates evaluation. If you are setting boundaries and you just think, oh, it's just sex, there's nothing called just sex. The moment you don't set boundaries and you introduce sex into a relationship, you have evaluated, you finish evaluation. Any other thing you are meant to process, you've concluded it. That's the thing. And you can't see clearly anymore. Whereas the thing God expects you to see hold back, the curiosity that's meant to be part of the relationship that's supposed to develop well, you've removed it. Now you can't blame God for what you didn't know. I didn't know this is the kind of person you are. No, you jumped that module in your relationship. You jumped it. It didn't mean that if you have found out that's the kind of person they were, that you won't get married. No, it just means you will have done the right thing with counseling. You will have corrected certain things, but because it was never raised, it was never discussed, so everybody covered that kind of problems in their life. Now we are here, you can't do anything about it. You can't say, no, you didn't tell me that. No, you two didn't tell me that. You were already too deep into each other. In dating, get your priorities right. When you are dating, the focus is not how good she looks. Did you see her curves? Jeez. Oh, my God. The angels are singing. <laughs> no. The dating should be about look at the right things, friends. Things about vision. Things about character. Passion that they have. The perseverance. Listen to their struggles and how they overcame. What is it they are working on? What is it they are doing? What are the things that they are working on? Where, where are they heading to? That is more important than the car that they are riding. The car parked outside that brought you could have been on loan. So take a picture with the car for as long as you want. That's not going to give you a future. Listen to their heart, not just their lips. Number six. Avoid recreational dating. What is this one? This is the one that is quite common in this generation. Recreational dating is when people just feel, I don't, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. Just go on a date with anybody. You just jump into bed with anybody. I know they don't do it in our church, but I'm just talking about your friends. So this will help you when you meet them. It's a recreation. He lives behind a trail. He does. Because, you know, the funny thing is, you don't know you're going to meet down the line. And now this guy now says, you know what? I found a girl I'm going to marry. He says, say, who? See, this is a picture. The guy will just say, mm, are you sure? Are you sure? You see, you, you don't know who is down the line. And if you keep on jumping from relationship affairs to affairs, this is what I was trying to say. By the time you are ready to settle down, you don't know who you are meeting. 
He could be the brother of the person you have been sleeping around with or sleeping with their friends. He could be the sister of the person you jilted. You are double dating. Stories will fly around. Are you getting this point now? And that's why the more this thing continues in this generation, more people will be left without marriages, more people will be left with broken homes. Don't be part of that list. Save yourself. In every generation there is always a remnant. God preserves the people. And this is how you can be preserved. When your friends are doing that and they just, you know, I just, what's your name? You wake up in the morning, you look beside you. Who is this one? Those things you are seeing in movies should not be you acting it. Avoid caretaker dating. What's caretaker dating? Caretaker dating is somebody who is taking care of something. So, you see, in a church, we are meant to have brothers and sisters, and we know what our responsibilities are. We are supposed to have husbands and wives. We know what our responsibilities are. But caretaker dating puts itself in the middle of those two. They have gone beyond brothers and sisters. They are not yet husband and wife. So, they feel that they are holding the space. So, nothing goes on in your life without me knowing about it. Nothing goes on in my life. So, if, if it's a, whichever one knows how to cook, if it's a man who knows how to cook, the woman knows that, oh, <laughs> Jerry will always bring good food. I'll get to Jerry's house. He's great at cooking. I don't know how his mom taught him or whoever taught him. The guy is good. So, you are getting free food. You are getting free ride. He picks you up from anywhere in the middle of the night. Or you have your own car. He's your mechanic. The responsibilities of a husband, he provides. The duties of a wife, she provides. Except the liabilities. Do you understand this now? So what goes on in the caretaker relationship is this situation where if anything is going on, you just know, oh, he's there, he will handle it. Oh, she's there. Even either you end up in each other's house, you sleep in each other's house. Sometimes it comes with sex. Sometimes it does not come with sex. But whatever happens is gradually your souls are being tied. Do you understand? So now here, one of you finds a relationship. And you don't understand when you begin to talk to your new relationship about each other, about somebody who's not there. So the guy or the woman feels, excuse me, what's going on between you and her? Right? If the person you met is kind, you might survive it. If the person is not, I say, you know what, I can't stand competition between whoever you had before me. How many people understand what I'm talking about? Okay, good. I think the nearest I could help you to get is, what's this film? My Best Friend's Wedding. Every time you are talking, and that's not where I got it from, it's because it happens in church. Some things you see will shock you. Another problem with that is because you are in a convenient relationship to you, neither of you, particularly the guy, is not in a hurry. He is not in a hurry to move on because you are there. If he has a date, you are there. If he needs to convince anybody at a party, he will carry you there. If he needs somebody to hold with the full moon, <laughs> you are there. There is no holy heap. You discover that there is no restriction with that individual. You are free to do that anywhere because in your mind, he's not my husband, he's not my boyfriend, he's just my friend. 
Do you understand this now? Caretaker relationship is a hindrance to godly relationship. If you're going to have friends, have friends. But just know that this is their line. If you feel bored, you need to go out. Then go out with everybody. Not one person every time and you are coming home late and getting home late. Where are you? I'm only with this, I'm only with this person. You are expecting the rest of us to buy into that your wrong perception of relationship. Let me finish with this. Whatever you do, don't complicate your life. Whatever relationship you go into, do not complicate your life. Let this guide you in your dating. What do I mean by this? Listen, you are free. You are an adult. And nobody is going to be punishing you for whatever you decide to do. See, when I didn't know anything better, I thought the church should punish people for certain things. But I realized that you have enough to deal with in your own life. That's a fact. I've grown out of certain things. You will complicate your life by putting yourself in a relationship that will mess up your feelings, that will mess up your vision, that will mess up your plan, or can even set you back. There are things you can do that will end up with a responsibility you are carrying with you and you have no help. Are you getting this point? It's almost like, it's almost like a person feeling, um, I'm going to start family at an old age. You are free to do it. But you are going to have to be running after babies at an old age. See, you are free, but there are consequences. You are free. But I want you to understand this now. The freedom that you have that has no limitation is sin. Don't complicate your life. Don't allow anybody to tell you it does not matter. Don't allow anybody to tell you that everybody is doing it. I want you to know that sometimes when you are praying to God and you say, God, give me this, and you have not received it. Of course, it's, it could be difficult to handle. But there are better ways to handle your pains than to put yourself in a place where somebody will use you and dump you. It's a thing you don't want. Our job is to preach God's word and to pray with you. Our God is to encourage you to put in God in your relationships. There are many times that people feel nobody can tell me what to do. It is true. We can preach to everybody, but we cannot compel you. Because there is this thing about, about our society today. Everybody knows what to do. But when the pain comes, it becomes everybody's pain in the house. My prayer for every one of us as we begin to experience godly dating is that your date will be full of joy. Amen. Full of peace. Full of testimonies. Amen. Whatever the thing is, when God will visit you, I pray that he will shine his light. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that what you have been building will not be pulled down Amen. by some demonic relationship. I pray that in Jesus' name, God will be glorified in your relationships. Amen. For those who are married, I pray that your dating will birth new things in your home. Amen. It will renew the oil in your marriage in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that when God looks at you, you'll be able to say, God, you are proud of me. May God be proud of you. May he be proud of how far you have come in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that you will be proud of what goes on in your text. It will not be a shameful thing. Amen. Everyone in this house that is involved in some shady relationship, may you be delivered in the name of Jesus. 
May you be part of a generation that will glorify God. It is well with you all and well with all yours. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.